Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I'm not shouting. All right, I am. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. I'm shout. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have to ask you where you picked that one up because I don't know that one. You don't know that one? No, I don't know that. Okay, one. that was that was a classic film. Okay, from the '80s, actually. I wonder if it's got to be one you've seen. If you have not seen this movie, you will have to watch it. Later, okay, but we'll talk about it afterward. Okay, let's talk about what we're going to actually address today. Okay, so today we're going to talk about some uh, some mistakes people have made utilizing social media in its various forms and social networking. I see. So, I thought I thought before we actually get into any cases, we can kind of talk a little bit about why this has become a problem sort of from an armchair psychology way. Okay. Right? Good, because I only I, I went to the school of armchair psychology. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a degree in lazy boy psychiatry actually, <laughs> so I can I never mind. Anyway, so what my theory about why social media and social networking has given rise to a lot of people making goofy mistakes is that it allows you to voice your thoughts to essentially a global audience almost immediately. Allows you? Nay, I say. Compels you. <laughs> encourages you to do this. It tasks me. Um, it. Oh, there's something going on. I should write about that now. I have had a thought. Let me express it to everyone I know yes. and to people I don't know as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, especially with things like, like cell phones and smartphones tying into this technology, yes. it's really given us the opportunity to express a thought almost instantaneously. Yes, and in some cases, depending on what it is that you're doing, I, I would say that it uh, you're, you're trying to scoop everyone else. Yeah. Uh, if you see something happening that, that could be a, you know, a, a historical event or just something compelling where you'd like to, you know, Get the jump on everyone else tweeting. It's like, hey, there goes somebody famous down the sidewalk. I should tweet that. Right. And also it gives you this feeling that, uh, you know, it, it's not that far removed from text messaging, right? But when you're seeing a text message, you're sending it to a specific person. It's not going out to the public at large. And you get this idea. It's kind of like when you're chatting with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't expect the things you say to friends as long as it's not directly about them or their significant others. You don't expect that stuff to come back and, and kick you in the butt. True. Right? Like you can get with your friends and complain about your job. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. And and it's funny because you figure – well, I don't, I don't know. You do. But some people might think, you know, hey, I've only got 23 followers. Only those 23 people are going to read my Twitter account. But unless you've locked it down in your privacy settings, right. that's not the case necessarily. Sure. And, you know, the Library of Congress is archiving these things. 
Right. <laughs> so there's so a public record. There is a public record of what you're doing. At least on Twitter. Yes. Uh, but but this is the case for various uh, venues, not just Twitter, but we're, we're also going to talk about Facebook and probably YouTube. And there's even a Craigslist story in here. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't know that one you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, you do. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think I do. We've got some stories to share about some fairly famous uh, or at least infamous misuses of social networking. And really the reason why we're doing this, it's kind of a cautionary tale, Mm -hmm. right? It's letting people know you need to be careful with what you say on the internet because it can have real life consequences further down the road, even if you were just being silly or joking. And I can say from personal experience, I mean, I've been guilty of, of sending something on Twitter or posting something on Facebook that I intended to be uh, uh, expressed one way, but due to either my failing because I worded it incorrectly, or because of uh, the uh, the way people inferred what I meant, it kind of um didn't go the way I had an- anticipated. It also does not help that if you get angry, you know, you should make sure that you're as far away from a computer or smartphone as humanly possible because you will your your inner censor, your inner editor tends to take little breaks whenever you get ticked off. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, you're sending out a uh, an obscenity-laden tweet uh, that particularly points the finger at specific individuals in your life, and then you will have a reckoning. <laughs> so um, should we tell everyone which tweet it was that made us think this would be a good time to do this episode? Go for it. So fashion designer Kenneth Cole. Yes. And and now we don't really need to say anything else because this is pretty close in proximity to when we're recording it, and it'll probably release fairly close to that too. So yeah, you, you may already know what we're talking event. about. Um, Kenneth Cole has a, uh, a history of trying to demonstrate that he's with it. He knows what's going on in the world. He pays attention to world events. Yeah, and if you don't know who Kenneth Cole is, he's a fashion designer. Yeah, didn't I say fashion designer? Kenneth? You you probably did, and I just zoned out. Um, I haven't had my coffee yet. Yeah. So well, if I if I missed it, it anyway. At any rate, um, it's good to point out. Uh, well, he's uh, he apparently is uh, at one of the people at his company that has access to his company's Twitter account, or at least he used to. Yeah. Well. Or or somebody tweeted and and attributed it to him because yes. they put their um uh they put their initials yeah KC KC by uh by this so we assume that it is in fact Kenneth Cole and he did in fact apologize for it later yes but um as the uh I guess is it safe to call it a revolution in Egypt uh, yes, a lot yeah, of Egyptian definitely. people call it a re- revolution so sure. I guess if they're, they're the authorities on this um they uh a few days after. The uh, the protests had begun in Egypt. Right. Uh, Mr. Cole apparently quoted uh, tweeted, and I quote: "Millions are in uproar in Cairo." In hashtag Cairo, rumor is they heard our new spring collection is now available online at, and put the URL. Right. Now, using the hashtag Cairo means that if you were to use Twitter search to find out the latest information of what was going on in Cairo and you use that hashtag, mm-hmm. this would be one of the messages it would pull up, depending on you know how long after you were looking it up. Because there was a lot of stuff happening, right? So, right. I mean, clearly that, that list would be filling up quickly. But it means that this, this promotional tweet 
would appear in the middle of all these messages that were about social change. Right. And uh, a lot of people thought that this was in bad taste. And Chris, you pointed out that it was also a case of just incredibly poor timing, because not only was it in poor taste just to start with, Mm -hmm. um, when Kenneth Cole posted this message, it was when the protests were still relatively peaceful, Mm -hmm. right? That's true. And so it happened to, to... be posted the same day that some of the protests began to turn violent, that there was violence enacted upon the protesters. Yes. And so then it went from poor taste to astonishingly poor taste. Yes. And here's the thing about the Internet. The Internet's kind of like a big brother, right? Mm-hmm. Big brothers tend to you know, bully their, their younger siblings around a little bit every now and then. But if someone else picks on that younger sibling... Big Brother gets really mad. Yes. And then may lash out in a way that is not necessarily equivalent to whatever the slight was. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you were to insult my little sister and I have one, I might punch you in the mush. And, uh, and so the internet punched Kenneth Cole in the mush so hard. Uh, there were tons of, uh, of parody and satirical tweets that came out supposedly attributed to Kenneth Cole that were about other major events being belittled essentially as part of a marketing scheme. Yeah. Um, And as Chris said, Kenneth Cole himself actually apologized. Yes. uh, On Facebook, I might add. And I have the quote for that, if you would like me to read it. Sure. I apologize to everyone who was offended by my insensitive tweet about the situation in Egypt. I've dedicated my life to raising awareness about serious social issues. And in hindsight, my attempt at humor regarding a nation liberating themselves against oppression was poorly timed and absolutely inappropriate. So you have to admit... He he did not deflect this in any way. Mm-mm. He accepted responsibility, which that's an admirable thing. And we should all remember that there are times when some of us will make a joke about a particularly sensitive topic without fully considering the implications of that joke. I, I've done it in the past, but pretty much everyone has. Right, you right. Know? It's it's one thing to, to do this, however... When you're around a couple of your friends right. and you're seeing a news event on TV and making that joke versus broadcasting it on Twitter to the world, and, essentially. And including and so a link. A much bigger forum. To, you know, because then not only is it a joke, it's a marketing ploy. Right. So, yeah, it was definitely a bad choice. He apologized for it. Um, I'd say that most of the fallout has pretty much died down about around the time we're recording this. It's yeah. been It's been a more than a week since a couple of weeks since uh that happened but yes. mm-hmm. um but yeah he was he was raked over the virtual coals for quite some time for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and that's that was really what kind of precipitated this discussion now not not everything we're going to talk about here is necessarily something that gets someone fired or gets them in trouble with their friends in some cases it's just something that's bizarre and awkward and i wanted to do one of those okay. just to kind of give you the idea of what can happen when taken to the extreme. Okay. Let's so hear it. before I before I really get into this, this is about uh, David Prager, who is an mm-hmm. ex- executive with Revision 3. Right. Uh now I have never spoken with David. I have not met David, but I know people who do know David mm-hmm. and they all say that he's a great guy yeah. and is just a, you know, a cool cat. Right. That's the deal with David. Um now David did <laughs> get a little bit of uh, heat put on him 
you know, a lot of jokes were made at his expense for something that he did on Twitter a couple of years ago. Um, he was the victim of a home invasion, mm. more or less. Mm-hmm. And rather than calling the police, he tweeted about it at length. <laughs> I would like to read to you a selection of the tweets he wrote, keeping in mind I cut out a lot of them. So there, when you sit there and think, wow, this guy tweeted a lot, it's about maybe 60% of what he actually said. So here's how it starts. Okay. Okay, maybe I should lock my door. I swear a random dude just walked into my bathroom, and I can't believe I haven't freaked out. Next. And I can't believe I'm tweeting about it while he's still here. I wonder if he is sleepwalking, or if maybe I should freak out. Then... Okay, he's still in the bathroom, and now I'm thinking a combo of hobo and drunk and sleepwalking dude. He seems late 20s. Hmm, what next? (laughs) Next. Hmm, should I call the cops like you guys have recommended? Find a blunt object before opening the door? My gut tells me he's harmless. Next. But I could be wrong about the harmless assumption. Next. Okay, about to make a move. Putting shoes on first. Thank God he tweeted that. (laughs) Next. Okay, have weapon if I need it, but don't plan on any confrontation with it. About to go in. Next. Okay, still haven't done anything. He is still in there. Gonna set up a Ustream now, I think. Stand by. So then he starts to live stream the home invasion with a webcam. Mm. If you haven't been watching my Ustream, the dude passed out in my bathroom and I just dragged him out. Next. I think the drama is over. Intruder is out. Door is locked. I think I finally need some sleep. And that that's the conclusion. Keep in mind, like I said, I cut out about 40% of the tweets he sent during that, that whole thing. Now, David nice. David got a little bit of joking at his expense for, rather than reacting to a possible home invasion mm-hmm. in a way that most of us would, which is that we'd call the cops and perhaps lock our own bedroom door to make sure that you know we would remain safe, he decided to broadcast it to the world. Uh, that's an unusual faux pas. Uh, and like I said, from everything I've heard, he's actually a pretty cool guy. So thankfully it was a peaceful resolution, (laughs) I guess. And, uh, uh, maybe he locks his door now. Perhaps. How, how anyone in this world doesn't lock their door? Of course I live in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I I can't even imagine not like, like when I watch a, a show like Friends where people just walk in and out of their, their apartments, I, I think, what world is that? <laughs> I can't imagine. I would not be able to even sit down if I knew my door was unlocked. Um, but we've got some other ones. Uh, here's, here's, um, here's a good way to really mess up after a great job interview. Oh, Cisco Fatty. Oh, yeah, you, you got it exactly right. Connor Riley, also known as The Connor on Twitter, wrote, Cisco just offered me a job. Now I have to weigh the utility of a fatty paycheck against the daily commute to San Jose and hating the work. All right, guys, if you interview for a job, don't slam the work immediately after the job interview. Don't sit there and say you're you're debating on whether or not you're going to accept the position. Because especially if it happens to be a computer or uh, or IT type company, mm-hmm. there's a chance they're going to notice. Yes, like the guy from Cisco who wrote, Who is the hiring manager? I'm sure they would love to know that you will hate the work. We here at Cisco are well-versed in the web. Yeah, so um, 
Burn. <laughs> and uh, and this this particular tweet also gave rise to lots of parodies and spoofs. People were joking about Cisco Fatty yes. because he was talking about the fatty paycheck. Uh, yeah, you don't want that kind of reputation. And keep in mind, like again, he was probably thinking that he was just posting that to his friends, but because he didn't have a protected Twitter account, everyone got to see it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there are other ways of having social faux pas, social media faux pas as well, like uh, Skittles. Skittles? Yeah. The uh, candy? Exactly. Because not all of these are necessarily people saying stupid things online and getting in trouble. In some cases, it's a company oh, allowing people to I, say stupid things. I remember this. Yeah. What Skittles did was Skittles created an, uh, a little uh, applet on their web page that mm-hmm. would automatically post Twitter messages that had the hashtag Skittles in them. And once people figured that out, they began to have a little bit of fun uh, using the Skittles hashtag. Here's one that was posted by Baratunde Thurston, who is a, a comedian. This is one of the the few pretty much safe-for-work ones, although, again, tasteless humor. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Skittles got stuck in my mouth while I was driving, forced me to slam into orphanage, killing hundreds. I'll never eat them again. So in that case, the faux pas is a company thinking that people will be reasonable and not take advantage to, of a uh, of a system to in order to make tasteless jokes. Uh, lesson learned. One of the uh, major auto manufacturers mm-hmm. here in the United States posted um, um, an opportunity to make your own commercial on their website about SUVs, sport utility vehicles, which are. Uh, very useful vehicles, but they also consume a lot of gas, petroleum, petrol. Right. Um, and so rather than making viral video uh, videos that would extol the virtues of driving SUVs and OMG, aren't these fun? People started talking about how much gas they were using and how they were destroying the planet. And I'm going to try to find the company. If not, then you can write. Uh, but don't pause the the podcast now. If when Jonathan's talking, I can't find it. But uh, I, that reminded me of that because I had forgotten about the Skittles thing um, completely. Because it's been that's been a, a couple years ago, hasn't it? Now, yeah. And now that we're yeah. recording in early 2011, right? Um, but there are all sorts of other things. Uh, politicians have Ooh, been terrible yes. about this. They, uh, um, of course, they've been caught. Uh, tweeting and emailing and doing all kinds of things in session when they're supposed to actually be paying attention to what's going on. Or say during the State of the Union address. Yes. Um, but I was thinking of uh, the uh, United States representative from Michigan, Pete Hoekstra, uh-huh. who, uh, who was on a uh, state trip to Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Except the military would have preferred that he didn't tell people where he was. And he was tweeting about his whereabouts and saying that he had just landed in Iraq and the Pentagon was really upset with him. Yeah. It, for it makes, going, it makes protecting a public servant much more difficult when yes. the public servant is broadcasting his position. Exactly. And as we know, people in, you know, everywhere in the world, uh, at least that have access to these tools, are using them. So sure. it is very likely that somebody who may have wanted to uh, remove him from the planet was yep. reading that, right, as he was tweeting it. Here's another politico who uh, who used social networking poorly. Uh, Virginia State Senator Jeff Frederick is mm-hmm. a member of the Republican Party. Ah, yes. Uh, 
he tweeted about a Democrat named Ralph Northam who was considering uh, leaving the Democratic Party. I remember this. Here's the Twitter message. Big news coming out of Senate. Apparently one Dem is either switching or leaving the Dem caucus. Negotiations for power sharing underway. Now, if he had done this after the switch, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. But he did it before, which gave the Democrats who were paying attention to the Internet the opportunity to find out who was the per- the person who was going to quote-unquote, leave the Democratic Party and put a lot of political pressure on that guy, Ralph Northam, to stay a a Democrat. And that is exactly what happened, which means that Jeff Frederick managed to stick it to his own party. Mm. You know, they might have gained another, uh, uh, you know, an an ally. Yep. But because uh, he he got a little thumb-happy on Twitter... (laughs) That ended up not happening. Yeah, actually, that's funny because uh, according to the information I saw, now that the Senate um, in, in Virginia is uh, has an even number of members. And so the lieutenant governor, uh, in the case of a tie vote in the Senate, is the tiebreaker. Now, lieutenant governor was a Republican, and if... Uh, if the switch had been made, it would have been an even split down the middle, which means that if there was a vote down party lines, half Democrat, half Republican, the lieutenant governor, a Republican, would have been able to basically they would have been able to do anything they needed to do down party lines because, mm. you know, that that one uh, senator had switched. But leaving the, the Democrats at 51 to 49. Right. Um, prevented that from happening. So that was probably not such a good move. Actually, right. I'm not sure that it's there are 100 senators in Virginia. So anyway, it was a, a, a well, 50% tie. So even tie. split, yeah. or however many there are. Right. Uh, um, so I, w- I was going to say, uh, if you are not supposed to tweet during jury duty, you should oh, yeah. you should not tweet during jury duty. Or, and then, or use Facebook. Or use Facebook. I'm specifically thinking about you today, show anchorman or weatherman Al Roker. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, I like you, Al Roker. However, you shouldn't tweet during so, jury duty. I don't even know this story. Can you tell me a little more? <laughs> Not a lot, but he uh, he got busted for for, for, for tweeting using Twitter. Message. Yeah, because the, well, the thing is, I mean, if you're in jury duty, you're not supposed to be discussing the details of the case. It's supposed to be quiet. Right. Um, then again, you don't often have media personalities in your jury pool at that at that level because uh if you don't live in the United States uh Mr. Roker is a uh, a well-known and pretty well-liked uh celebrity on one of the morning news shows networks yep. uh, news shows and uh yeah I mean a lot lots and lots of people know who he is he's a he's a pretty personable guy and easy to follow on Twitter and yeah I mean, that that draws a lot of attention you you would go hey Al Roker is in jury duty with me yeah and He's tweeting about it. There was a juror in the United Kingdom who uh, apparently was really confused over how she should side in the case. And so she used her Facebook profile to ask her friends what she should do and essentially made a poll over whether she should uh, give a guilty or not guilty verdict. Needless to say, the judge was not amused and she was removed from the jury pool 
so yeah, that was also not a very wise decision. Um, getting back to politicians for a second, we mentioned Craigslist briefly. Oh yes, I got I got to tell this story though. Okay. Okay. So here's the other thing about if if you are uh, if if you have decided that you are going to have an affair, first of all, shame upon you. But secondly, uh, you might want to make sure you're not leaving a easily followable trail, or that you're talking to people who might mm, recognize who you are. That mm-hmm. unfortunately happened with Christopher Lee, who was a congressman who responded to a personal ad on Craigslist. Uh, of a woman who was looking for uh, someone, and he claimed at that he was a 39-year-old divorced lobbyist. He is actually a 46-year-old former congressman who is married and has kids. Um, and he posted, he sent the lady a picture of himself uh, making a, a muscle man pose, wearing no shirt at all, and that has now become sort of his image on the web, which... I think probably has hurt his political future, at least in the short term. Although this is America, you never know. <laughs> true, true enough. Um, yeah, I mean the the you know the United States is a a place where many entrepreneurs you know set out to strike it rich. Like I'm thinking about Mark Cuban, uh-huh. who made a whole lot of money on an internet startup which went big. Yep, and then he bought the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. Started complaining about the officiating on social media. Uh, tweeted, got fined twenty five thousand dollars. Yep, complaining about the refs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sports. We we've actually done a podcast about social yeah, media and sports, we and we talked about how the two don't necessarily go hand in hand, and uh, or how how you know some teams and some um, stadiums have struggled with the ability of their employees to now reach a global audience. Like it used to be that if you were a, a player or if – well, players are a little different because they have access to to larger media outlets. But let's say that you're an employee with a, 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 a stadium. Chances are if you were complaining about things, you were just complaining it to a small group of people and no one really cared. Right. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles stadium cared when um, – uh, a, a, a an employee was uh, uh, criticizing the the team, the Eagles team, on Facebook, mm-hmm. and the the stadium uh, <laughs> the the stadium brass decided to fire him for that. Uh, then, uh, actually, I guess Pennsylvania in general has problems with employees, sports employees, and uh, the internet because Andrew Kurtz, who and I love this, was a Pittsburgh Pirate pierogi mascot. <laughs> Was fired because he criticized team management of the Pittsburgh Pirates on Facebook. He got he got canned. So you know if you're a pierogi, just be careful about that social networking. <laughs> also, a, you're delicious. What a spud. What a spud. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't take a pierogi to make a mistake on on Twitter, though. Right. I mean, you could you know tweet your personal phone number to twenty one thousand followers. Yikes! Like uh, New York Times tech columnist, well, well, well-respected tech columnist David Pogue. And I think then, I think a lot of us have accidentally put out a public tweet when we thought we were doing a direct message. Mm-hmm. I know I have, and I've seen others too. I remember there was a there was one where it was supposed to be. Oh, I remember 
It was Pollen Storm. Pollen Storm, the musical group, mm-hmm. sending a message to uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh. Because they were going up to visit Neil Gaiman, and Neil Gaiman and Paul and Storm and Jonathan Colton are all friends. Mm-hmm. And Neil Gaiman's a very well-known author. And Paul and Storm accidentally publicly tweeted the location of the restaurant they were all going to have lunch at. And then immediately sent out a message saying, please don't mob us. <laughs> <laughs> and Because it, it was meant to be a private message, and it wasn't. Good times. Yep. Good times. Also, not necessarily a good idea to reveal that you are leaving your house. Yeah. Um, Israel Hyman uh, tweeted to his, I think he had around a couple thousand followers at the time, that he was leaving his house to go on vacation for a 10-hour drive. And then he tweeted later that he made it. Um, And then when he got home, he found out that his house had been broken into. Right. And uh, in the interview I read, and uh, I got... I got a lot of my ideas from uh, from Key May Houston's story at ABC News about tweet faux pas, the ones that I, I didn't already know. I found some other juicy ones, and uh, this is one of them. And in the interview they did with him said, you know, my wife thinks it may have been random, but I'm not so sure. That's a paraphrase. It wasn't an exact right. quote, but he, he essentially said that. You know, I think that maybe that was a really bad idea on my part. And yes, it, it really kind of is. It's, it's nice to have these, uh, check-in enabled, uh, systems like, uh, like Foursquare. Uh, Foursquare. And Gowalla. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be really careful because right. you really don't know. If people know who you are on there and they know where and you, you live, where you live and you've said, you know, hey, I'm across the country on a business trip. That's almost open advertising to come and get robbed. Now, that being said, if you are careful about your private information online and you can't necessarily find your address online, Mm -hmm. then you're probably in okay shape. One way to test that, by the way, is to go to Google and type your address in. Not your name, but your address, and see if your name comes up in relation to your address. Uh Uh-huh. And if so... Then somewhere on the web, whether it's Facebook where you've got it public information there or somewhere else, uh, there is a link between you and your address. So you want to make sure that those are, are clean. In fact, really as a general rule, you want to kind of, if you're going to be interviewing for a job or if you're entering the professional market, you really want to kind of scrub your social networking stuff clean as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, especially for Facebook. You know, use those privacy settings. Make sure that the people who have access to say, let's let's say you're using Facebook to have fun with your friends. Okay. Let's let's also say that if you're going to do that, make sure your privacy settings are set to a point where not just anyone could log on and see the photo of you. You know, drinking alcohol with your shirt off and you know. Uh, a, a funny but obscene word written across your chest. That's not something that your your your, uh, jo- your future employer is going to find very impressive in most cases. True. I will use the qualifier in, in most, most cases, cases because who knows. I did make a joke the other day that one day the same people who are posting these irresponsible pictures of themselves on Facebook without any privacy settings, someday they'll be the people in charge. Yeah, And that's when social mores will crumble, institutions will fall, zombies will arise, and Ghostbusters 3 will be in theaters. Nice. Thank you. Nice. So 
I mean, there, there are tons of other examples, but we're going to have to kind of wrap this up. I did want to mention mm-hmm. a few times, just because you do make a mistake, or let's not even call it a mistake. Let's say that you're just expressing your opinion. Right. Because there are lots of cases where people were either fired or were um, uh, oh, yeah. harassed just mm-hmm. for expressing an opinion on these social networking sites, not necessarily an uninformed opinion. Um, and not, it doesn't always turn out badly. And we do have to walk a fine line between making sure that we don't, we're, that we're not irresponsible online and making sure that our freedom of speech and our freedom of expression ma- remains uh, protected. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a, there's a balance there. We're not telling you don't say what you're thinking online. We're just saying think about it first and think about the potential consequences before saying it. And here's what I would close with. In Australia, there was have you heard of the Facebook Six? Um you know, I'm not sure that I have. So in Australia, uh there was the, the their corrections systems system, so the the prison system in Australia, um uh, was going through some some trouble. Mm-hmm. And some of the hundreds of employees actually joined a Facebook group where they could have discussions about the system, the politics within the system, the troubles they perceived, mm-hmm. the potential solutions Really a place to kind of not just suggest things, but to gripe and grouse. I mean, everyone occasionally needs to do that, right? Just to go home and get it out, vent and say, God, it it was just such a bad day at work and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Not me because I love my job, but everyone else. Uh, So anyway, the the commissioner for the Corrective Services uh, Department in Australia uh, singled out six particular employees among the hundreds that were using this Facebook group mm-hmm. and said that they were using language that was uh, public bullying and so started to make the move to have them terminated from their positions. Uh, the the six ended up having a suit against the Corrective Services Department and six months later they won the suit. Mm-hmm. Which essentially said that no, you can't fire them because they were criticizing the department, and uh, but I mean that's just another indication that there are times where where if you express your opinion, there could be consequences. Now, hopefully, if it's something like this case, and you have you have actual you know case to support your your perspective, mm-hmm. it'll all turn out all right. But that's six months out of your life, right? So again, it's the balance between. Being able to speak your mind and knowing that there could be potential consequences further down the road. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of bravery there, too. I mean, I'm sure that the people in Egypt who are using Twitter and Facebook in order to criticize the government and to organize protests, they were doing that, I'm sure, with the knowledge that if things went poorly, it could really come to haunt them later on. Mm-hmm. So, but but they showed courage in that case. But there's a difference between showing courage in a protest and calling your employer a jerk. Right. So right. just make sure you know that difference. Because sometimes I don't. <laughs> By the way, uh, just to follow up, I never did find the uh, the SUV company. So I'm sure somebody, if you would like to tell us on Facebook who that was, I can't remember for the life of me who it was. Um, and I looked at the Al Roker thing because I had just basically pulled it from my list. Yeah. Um, he was actually taking pictures and posting pictures of the prospective jurors. Wow. He said he got permission and, uh, and the, uh, uh, the court 
basically said he was okay because somebody told him it was okay, but it really wasn't okay to do that. Right. But someone had told him it was okay, so they weren't... It's like, well, you know, you got told something that isn't incorrect, but you were actually told that, so it's yeah. not your fault. Even so, I Don't can't, do it. I can't imagine being the person who told him, oh, sure, you can do that. Yeah, and I I, uh, I don't think I'd want to have the pictures. But yes, that is uh, that is the more specific information about about what he was doing. I'm sorry, I didn't have that earlier. No worries. I was just grabbing all kinds of crazy things, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like we said, there are a lot more stories here. I mean, there's stories about companies that laid off, you know, more than a dozen employees for creating a Facebook pro, uh, Facebook group page to talk about something, or other ones of a lot of sports ones. There are a lot of politician ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the entire uh, there's an entire subgenre for teachers. Wow. Because of course teachers, you know, they're held to a very specific kind of standard, and should they have anything in their social media profiles that is somewhat uh, uh, below that standard, they could suffer for it. And uh, there's not a whole lot of sympathy offered to them from uh, most school boards, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and then there's the guy from Best Buy who was fired and then rehired by Best Buy for creating the uh, YouTube video of the the cartoon where it's the the customer who comes in wanting to buy an iPhone, and the the Best Buy representative is trying to convince the customer that the Evo is a superior product. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one that kind of launched all the, the, that that series of videos of all the cartoons with the right. robotic voices that wanted an iPhone, you know that kind of thing. I just want an iPhone. Yes, exactly that video. There was that guy too. So this does span things well beyond Twitter and Facebook. Guys, if you have any favorite stories or if you have a story of what happened to you or to maybe someone you know who perhaps uh, used Twitter or Facebook in a moment of um, absent-mindedness, let's say, and you want to share it, first of all, keep it clean, folks. But you can let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. Or you can shoot us an email. That address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again, hopefully when we think about it first, really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you